Welcome to the podcast. We're street smart, business smart, all kinds of smart people share their insights into the world of marketing, career journeys, and personal growth. So sit back and prepare to get enlightened with your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and brightest from the world of business, marketing, and personal growth to help you harness your inner tenacity and drive your career forward. My guest today, it's a good one, folks, Shay Robottom, the queen of LinkedIn content with over 80,000 followers and tens of millions of views on her content. She has created one of the most engaging and entertaining brands on the platform. And not only is she a fantastic video creator, but now she is teaching founders and executives the same skills so they could speak directly to this incredible audience of potential customers and advocates. And we're certainly going to dig in. And if you've never heard of Shay and you're active on LinkedIn, she, Shay, is probably doing something wrong. No, just kidding on that one. But I'll be honest. When I first started, Shay, when I first started following your, your content and your presence, I, I had mixed feelings, especially coming from a, an old school marker. I guess I'm old at this point. Mm. Um, you know, being on this platform since 2006, you know, I was envious of your killer content. I'm like, wow, this is good shit, man. Like, I got to catch on to that. And I was also envious of your engagement, and which we'll dig into that in a little bit too, because I think there's a lot of things that people could take away on how to grow engagement. Um, so what I did, what I do best, I take my online offline and I reached out to Shay and I'm like, Shay, we got to connect. We got to chat. And we did that in June and we really had an incredible first conversation. We spoke a lot about who we truly are as humans first, what our goals are. And we found that our common thread is tenacity. That's something that Shay and I, we bleed it. We sweat it every single day. We hustle our faces off and we make shit happen. That's what we do. And I'm thrilled to have her on the show today. And I am done talking without any further of me talking. Shay Robottom, welcome to the podcast. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. Awesome. Good stuff. So why don't we start and give my tribe a little bit on your origin story, kind of like a superhero, like where did it all start and how did we get from where you were to where we are today? Sure, sure. So Really, the long story short is um, grew up middle class in a pretty uh, dysfunctional household. I ended up dropping out of college at age 20 to pursue my dream of becoming a musician. I knew nothing about how to become a musician or marketing or business, and I did not have really any support. So it was a hard road, but I ended up uh, doing it for a few years before I finally stumbled across an opportunity to edit viral videos for large pages on Facebook. So that's when the gears started turning and things changed for me where I realized, you know, I'm really not going anywhere with this music career. Even though I was having fun, I was not making money. And I just knew in another five, 10 years, I would not be where I wanted to be if I continued. Uh, so I really took this opportunity uh, this Facebook opportunity seriously and decided to learn as much as I could about social media, which I had very little knowledge of, and uh, especially video editing. I knew nothing about video shooting, editing, all that. So I dove in, I learned. Um, my partner, Luke Marlowe, helped me a lot with that. But it ended up being a massive success. We scaled that first uh, video agency um, to over 40 employees. We were doing videos for some of the nice. biggest brands like Petco, Yahoo. Um, so it was a really humbling time. I got to be a little more introverted, got to really learn about marketing and mm -hmm. business. And then 
reemerged a few years later to again create my own content, not music, but rather LinkedIn videos um, in an effort to attract more leads for my first video agency. Yep. So that's how this all started. I got on the platform to attract leads, realized there was a bigger opportunity here than I even realized, and ended up selling my shares in the last agency so that I could create an agency specifically around LinkedIn and generating leads for your business through video content. And uh, using all of the knowledge I gained on Facebook and video marketing the past couple of years, that is now what I do. That's awesome. Awesome. And I, and I first uh, applaud you from ha for having that self-awareness back on when you were, you had that passion, you know, music from when you were a kid and it's like you had your mindset to it and what you were going to do. And then you, you got to a point where you're like, am I really going to be the next, you know, big thing? And, and you realize that, you know what, it's your passion and everything, but it, it wasn't the right move and, and you pivoted. And I applaud you for that, for having that self-awareness. So yeah. aside from your content being so, so entertaining, I, I really do appreciate that you talk about relatable topics like, like hardships and, and things that we could all relate to. And some may say this is just a marketing clickbait tactic, but you've really lived through some shit. Why do you think LinkedIn specifically is a good platform to talk about these topics? And, and just to kind of preface it for some people, there's a lot of like people that are like very black and white. They're like, LinkedIn should just be professional only. Yeah. Stop talking about personal stuff. But why do you, I'd love to, to hear your take on that. Yeah, absolutely. Because it is amazing how well uh, deeper and more vulnerable topics around mental health perform on this platform. Um, I theorize it has a lot to do with people starving for that authenticity. You know, I, I really think LinkedIn is just a reflection of the greater professional world in society that is shifting to be more personal and professional meshed. You know, people no longer just want to work a nine to five that's completely outside of themselves. You know, they go to work, they show up as this person, but then they're really someone else. People want their work to be related to their own morals and their own mission. It's a different so, time. It's a different place, right? Yeah. The whole world being exposed to everybody. Exactly. So I think it's creating um, a shift in uh, professionals and even business owners to get a little more vulnerable and to open up and share a little more because I think we've seen throughout time that this attitude of like work is work and keep it dry and keep it professional actually hasn't really been beneficial. It's kind of like a facade. It doesn't really exactly. work. Uh, your true self. And, yeah. And, and I, I also think there's a balance too, right? I think that there's a balance between and like, and this is just me personally. Yeah. There's yeah, stuff too. that I have on, on Facebook. It's my family, my kids. I personally do not share my kids and my family. I mean, maybe did once just for mm -hmm. like a, a funny thing, but like for me, I keep that separate. Everyone does their, their, their own kind of thing there, but there's this movement of, of, of personal, personal branding, personal brand. And mm -hmm. it's tough. You have your own company and I have my own company too. And it's kind of this weird mix for me where my personal brand is my brand, but my brand isn't so personal, right? It's mm -hmm. personal as far as me is concerned, but there's certain things that I don't share. Um, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, are you fully out there? I know you share a lot, but I assume there's some things that Shay keeps private. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, I'm not fully out there, but I do intend to share more about my story in due time um, because I do believe that it's a story that many people can learn from. Um, and... Yeah, I, I just think that it's funny you say that about like not wanting to share your kids and stuff. I totally respect that, but it is 
very true what they say about, you know, people do business with people, not businesses. And believe it or not, those more vulnerable posts where I talk about, Hey, you know, I'm still st struggling with depression. I'm still, I feel really insecure about myself. I have imposter syndrome as a woman in business, you know, yep. those videos, believe it or not, get me leads, like more leads than videos where I'm straight up saying, I'm a video marketer and right. I'm awesome. Like right, people are people, people, people relate to that. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. And you know, for me, while it's not just showing, you know, pictures of the kids, I've started over the last year and I told you my story too like yeah that relatable story of struggling in your career and, and for me you know it was losing my, it's, this is your episode not mine but you know no yeah when I, when I lost my job at 35 and I was at the lowest point in my life and oh, that, was, yeah. that story is real because it relates to so many people that have you know been, yeah. been in that, you know been in that struggle and, and you're spot on with that but it's about being authentic and real which I think you you do a really good job at so yeah. We talked about your journey. You. We talked about LinkedIn. I literally just crossed off three questions that you already hit on. So we can, <laughs> we can certainly dig in on a little bit deeper. Let's talk about that first couple of days and weeks when you came on board LinkedIn. First of all, how long ago was that? When did you really come on board LinkedIn and start to dig in? Yeah. So I had had a LinkedIn profile. It was pretty idle. I didn't really do anything with it. Um, my first post, uh, my first video post was May 7th, 2018. Um, so a little over a year ago now, I'm a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I grew very fast. I was very ambitious. I have a huge, huge advantage in, um, that most people on this platform have not ran a social media video agency already. So I, I you definitely, have the skill set. you, you yeah, have those tools. Mm -hmm. yeah, I came in with a wealth of knowledge. Um, but you know, those first, those first couple of weeks were, I didn't have many expectations. You know, it was really just like, we're trying this out. We'll see how this goes. I was pretty um, low budget with my productions. You know, I did not put heavy pressure on myself starting out. I just said like, look, I have a goal of releasing a couple original videos a week. I shot them on my cell phone. They were short, they were quick. They weren't even necessarily related to my industry. It was really just topics I believed in. And actually I think it was like my fourth or fifth video I released admitting I had depression and I was actually um, really in kind of a dark place at that time and didn't have a lot of followers back then. So didn't really feel like I had much to lose and was kind of just feeling like, I don't know, I was just feeling raw and like wild. So I just give it a shot. Like, yeah. I just happens. posted it out there and then that was crazy because that video got 40,000 views, which That's to crazy. me was like, I used to be a local artist. I'd be lucky if 40 people listened to my song. Right. So like it was imagine, like, imagine those 40,000 people in an arena or a stadium at one time. Exactly. And that's what that, that and, many people are engaging with the content. Yeah. And that's what it is. And I was just met with so much support. So many people messaging me like, dude, I have depression too. I don't know how to like get over this. And it just showed me like, wow, you really have influence here in the sense that you just talking about this inspires other people to be more real about their issues. Because as I said before, this pressure to like stuff it all down, which, you know, it, it, there's a level of that in the professional world, but there's also just a level of that in life in previous generations. It was like therapy was taboo. Don't talk about it. Don't the millennials are completely all, disrupting that. We're like, we don't care. You know, we want to talk about Put it. Put it all out of the table. Vulnerability, yeah, be, right? it, because we know that that's how you get through it. You know, nothing, nothing productive comes from shutting people up. That's also why I don't like PC culture because it's like, why let, let them be offensive. Then they're exposing themselves as a racist quicker. When exactly. you tell them they can't say this, you're just repressing them. It's like, bring it yep. to the surface. Let people make their own decisions based on people's actions. So that's really how I feel about LinkedIn. You know, I, like I said, I do, 
still withhold some information and there's certainly certain personal things that I keep to myself, but I do do my best to be transparent and raw and vulnerable because I've seen the reaction it gets from people, not only like, you know, selfishly the leads for my business are great, but just the people that I inspire to take uh, control of their own life from that content is a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. And one of the things I, I admire best about your content is, is the storytelling element to that. And there's a skill and there's an art form. And some people it comes naturally, some people need to learn, some people mm -hmm. are intimidated by it. So let's, let's pretend we're talking to somebody who's you know, starting out on that content journey. What are some of those core elements of storytelling? Some of Shay's foundations. Now we're not talking about the video production yet. We'll get into that in a little bit, but like as far as your storytelling, um, whether it be long form or short form, short form mm -hmm. what are some of those core elements to a good story? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I really did not actually look at my content, uh, as storytelling in the beginning. I actually think that being, um, too personal, can deter people in the beginning. You know, I, I might sound like I'm contradicting myself here. Hang on. It's like, you know, um, people want something that's authentic. You know, people want to be able to connect with your content. So I definitely think there's a level of needing to be raw and needing to be authentic and needing to have that human element. But as far as just like a good structure, there's a lack of understanding from, from a lot of creators where they'll um, just be unaware that like the first three seconds is a headline. You know, that people will like introduce themselves and start really slow, like, or, or maybe not even a headline, but maybe their first line is like, you know, today I want to talk about a story of something that happened to me as a kid. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you really want to cut that up. You want to come up with a headline. I always say, if this video was an article in the New York Times, you know, what would your headline be? And then I go for, I go for New York Post headlines. Yeah, well, there you go. Even better, <laughs> right? So that's why I tell people and then the light bulb kind of goes off where they realize like, oh, I haven't been doing headlines. It's like, yeah, no one's going to read your article if there's no headline. So Definitely um, consider from your own point of view as a user on the platform, like what is valuable to you? What hooks you in? Just start to pay attention to the content that you're drawn to and that you stop to watch. Why did you stop to watch it? Well, it probably had a pretty yep. compelling headline. It probably, you know, was relevant to you in some sort of way. So really not being mysterious with it and kind of giving away the meat right away. Like, yep. what is this going to be about? What, like give the viewer information so they can decide it's a in that first five drive. seconds. Yes. If it's, if it's good for them. Yeah. And I, th I think that's fantastic advice. And I also say everybody like test and learn, and we're going we're to talk about that in a little bit too. And, and you hit on, on a word that I was going to say for later, but I think now is a great time. And I ask pretty much every guest on my show this question. What does the word authentic mean to you? Real, real. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's, it is kind of a overused word now, I guess you could say like everyone's like authenticity, authenticity, but there's a lot of like fake authenticity too. There's <laughs> a lot of people trying to be like, manufactured. Yeah, exactly. Which can work. Um, but to me, it's just the real raw human interactions, the real, you know, I saw a quote on Facebook today that was somebody shared a quote. It was like, I don't know about you, but the deepest, most meaningful relationships I've ever had have been people that I've uh, 
had breakdowns in front of or have like, you know, confessed my flaws to or have, it's never like the relationships where I'm surfacey and just act like I have it all together oh, no way. that pan out as great relationships. Yeah. So it's kind of like the same thing on LinkedIn. I think people are attracted to me because I'm like hitting that deepness in them. So they, they form this bond where they're like, oh, Shay. And, and you wouldn't believe the amount of people that just message me. I, yeah. I can't just, believe your, your inbox is probably just flooded all day insane. long. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, I mean I if you a, take, aside from the, the, the business leads that you're generating, which yeah. honestly, let's talk about that. I mean, it's the ultimate goal. Like we're on this platform to brand ourselves, to generate leads and yes, monetize. Exactly. We're not hiding that, that it's, we're at a capitalistic society. Shay's yes. in business, Adam's in business. We're all in business to make money and use the platform in the right way. And we'll, we'll dig a little bit more on that. But let's, let's talk another word that, that's interesting too. And, and you've had great success is, it's so funny. Like when I worked in, in the agency world, clients would come and say, I need you to create a viral video for me. I'm like, stop, stop, stop. We can yeah. create a video for you. And hopefully we do the right things to make it go viral. But yeah. you know, it's a strange term. Everyone wants their content, but that's not how it works. So for those who are not too familiar with the word viral video, viral marketing, tell us a little bit more from your side, you know, what that looks like. I mean, um, for you specifically, not the work that you create for your clients, like when you create a video, are you aiming for it to go viral or are you just trying to put out the best stuff out there? And if it catches fire, it catches fire. The best way to go viral is to have a consistent stream of content. You know, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. You, you can, you can try to go viral, but the best way is just showing up every day. You know, if you go and you buy a lottery ticket every single day, you're a lot more likely to hit the lottery. Right. So, but, but (laughs) thank you. But I do push back a little when people, uh, many people say this, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk even says this, like you can't plan to go viral. You can't just plan to go viral. I kind of disagree. You know, I have a really different outlook on it because of my history on Facebook. You know, I distributed tens of thousands of pieces of video content and accumulated more data than you even know what to do with. Mm-hmm. So when you have those, that kind of resources, you can definitely plan and understand to go viral. I mean, if we you know would, the target audiences, you know where to mm-hmm. maximize your ad spend dollars, you know who. Well, and you, you just repeat the same story. Like we would have one video, it would go viral on one page. And, you know, we might have like tweaked it and re-edited it a little bit. Obviously, you want to rebrand it for this other page. But as long as the other page's audience was a similar market to the first one, we absolutely could predict virality uh, to a high, to a very accurate percentage. And have the data. Yeah. And that happened all the time. You've tested and learned, you've optimized, you know what works, you know what doesn't work. Yeah. So we had, we had like an arsenal of videos specifically that we, I mean, we would call them all viral videos, but really there was a specific, um, bunch that were very consistently viral that we were consistently tweaking and you know doing what we could to make them more viral and then on top of that those are like actual stories that someone else owns that we licensed to resell to our clients however you can do the same thing with personal content like i'm an influencer you know i do uh, a lot of vlogs but i really do also more creative like skit style content yep which is curated from other creators I see on social media, not necessarily LinkedIn because there's not many people here yet, but it definitely is a process of understanding, oh, wow, this woman made a skit about this. It totally blew up. I wonder how I could do that same skit except tailor it to business and remake it for LinkedIn. Yeah, and it's, yeah that's and where it's, I go. And it's okay to be inspired too. I mean, I see a lot of your content and like some of it's like straight original. Some of it I'm like, I've seen that before, but I like, you know, I like Shay's spin on that. And I was telling you before we hit record on here, like the way I approach my podcast, I mean, I've been a Howard Stern fan for 20 years and I, and I'm not talking about the Howard Stern that's perceived from old school Howard Stern, the the dirty sex kind of nasty stuff. Not that 
the Howard Stern that I love is his style of interviewing, his open and honest, mm -hmm. how he gets people to open up and have that true conversation. In my opinion, he's the best interviewer out there by, mm. by far. So when it comes to creating content, um, you know, we talk about this a lot too. I come from the Gary Vaynerchuk school, literally, of, of, of marketing and, and content creation. Okay. He talks about two things. There's a balance between being a DJ um, and, and, you know, curating other people's content. And then there's the production of original content. And there's mm -hmm. a different balance to that. And something that I appreciate that you do well is both. And I've mm -hmm. noticed this Thank and I'm, I'm a student and I follow along. Um, two, two questions. One, who, what inspires you? What have you seen that kind of, like you mentioned it before, what like gets your juices flowing? Like, I like what that person's doing. I'm going to try to put my spin on it, pick up a little bit of that style. And then like, how do you find that balance between, you know, DJing and producing, DJing and producing? There we go. Great analogy. Hmm. So two parts there. Yeah. Good two question. Parter. Um, well, I do have a team that helps me. So I, you know, have a spreadsheet where every week I log in and, my admins have inputted the most viral or high performing content on LinkedIn that week. So I'm able to every week sit down, analyze, okay, these are all the high performing pieces of the week. Why are they high performing? Is anything something you could remake Shay? Could you put a, you know, marketing or Shay robot on spin on it? Um, so I'm, and that's again, cool that you're yeah. doing your research. Yeah. I'm always, you're, you're, you're talking about what's relevant. So the same shit is following hashtags. Right. If exactly. people talk about mental health and you have a good story to exactly. tell and it's legitimate, we're going to talk about that. So we ride the wave and that follows the viral thing. So it's when you break it down and you look at it from a academic marketing standpoint, you're doing it right. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. I, I think that's worth. Yeah. yeah. I think for some, <laughs> some people there's a stigma. There's a lot of um, scarcity mindset out there. You know, the reason most people are poor is, is really not necessarily resource or inability to climb the ladder, it's belief. You know, they, they have a certain set of beliefs that things are hard, that they can't make money easily, that copying someone else's content idea who did it first is cheating. You know, I don't have any of that. I don't. And, and let me tell you all the successful, you know, 22 year old millionaires that I've met on social media, killing it, monetizing their following. They do not think like that. And if they did think like that, they would not be millionaires in their twenties. So, yeah, you know, people I, giving them shit of the ones with nothing in their bank account. Exactly. So I'm like always challenging people, you know, who say like, Oh, I don't want to like, you know, look at other people for ideas. I want everything to be original. I, I kind of challenge them. I'm like, okay, well, you're just making things harder on There's yourself. There's not just... many original ideas anymore. Exactly. Everything is a remix. Everything, everything. And, and you know Every what's even funny? Movie. Like they're remaking even... Coming to America. I'm like, not remaking, they're putting a second one out. And it was on oh, TV the other night. I'm like, can't you just leave some things alone? Sorry, yeah. I digress a little yeah. bit. Coming no, to no, America, no. It, one of the best it's... movies ever created. Leave it alone, Eddie. I know you need, I don't know if you need the money, Eddie, but like. Right. And it's literally like the world is so big. Multiple people can come up with the same idea at the same time. Like when I did my Gary Vee video, I didn't even know this. I found out after I had posted it, I found another page that did basically the exact same video. Oh, the corporate bros did something like yes, that, right? That yep. was who it was. And that mm -hmm. was how I discovered him funny enough. So I went to his page and was like, oh my gosh, he did a Gary Vee too. He probably thinks I copied him. I totally it's didn't. The first. That's how everyone, everyone tries to get Gary's attention, right? How are you going to get Gary's attention? And it worked, right? Didn't he comment or? And he commented. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a hard one to get a hold of, believe me. So let's, let's, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, 
Joe Gill's my homeboy and we oh, I back love and Joe. forth. I had him on, yeah. you know, recently. Um, oh, and we talked, so he, he kind of got into this thing with, with somebody else's production company where someone had a quote around, if your videos look amateur, you look amateur. And he went back and forth on that in a little bit. And I see both sides of that too, right? There's a level of professionalism that you want to put out there, but there's another piece too, where so many people are encouraging people to put content out. You know, if you're doing it for your phone, it's, it's only going to look as good as it, as it can be. Mm -hmm. What advice, you know, someone's getting into the content game, they wanna bring their A game, they don't wanna invest a lot of dollars, time, whatever, but they wanna have a presence and still look good. What advice, Shay, would you give people who are just starting out from a production standpoint? Let's talk like, you know, rubber hits the road here. Yeah, absolutely. Production, um, there's definitely simple, easy things that you can do to make the videos that you shoot on your cell phone of a little higher quality, but people overthink the production value, especially in the beginning. It's crazy. You know, totally. I think people are really stuck in this, like, um, we're so used to television and advertising that people will see a cell phone video and think this isn't good enough for me to post. And it's like, how many cell phone videos have you engaged with on social media? Tons. Tom, what are you talking about? No one on social media cares. If anything, it's more authentic, you know? So starting out, I did not put a heavy standard on myself for the production because what's more important is you just stay consistent. So if you put this crazy standard on yourself, like I need to hire a videographer every weekend. I need to have lights. I need to have a special camera. I need to, you're just like going to not maintain. And then that's just going to mess you and up. You're going to feel badly. So much work yeah just make it easy on yourself use your cell phone you know look into the actual lens because a lot of people tend to look at themselves instead of the lens so keep that in mind because that's important people want you to look at people them. let's stop that for a minute so when people are looking at, at their camera where, where, where are they not looking they're not looking into the little dot they're looking down at themselves on, on, the, exactly. on the picture yeah exactly it can help to gaze back at your own image once in a while just to make sure you're well lit and everything's consistent but no you should be looking in that little dot that is called the lens that's a great yep. uh, much better way to connect with your audience and just already improve your content and then you know just find some basic lighting a window works go in front of a window shoot it on your cell phone keep it Good short tips. you know don't overcomplicate it keep it short starting out and um, if you're able to, you know, download a, a quick editing app or something to at least get the subtitles on there because subtitles are one part of editing that is, is super important even starting out because so many viewers are watching without sound. But yeah. Is, subtit subtitles yeah. are really important too. And I, and I got burned uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I, awesome. I had, I had a video, oh, my, my friend called me out on this. I had a video out and there was one word misspelled and, and, and my, no, uh, no. one of my employees that was did it, he, he, he missed it up. And ultimately the buck stops with me. I didn't check it. I didn't double check it, but then I went back and fixed it because people notice and people like take the time, yeah. right? Like you don't have to be hundred percent perfect, but you try, know funny? try, yeah. you know, it's so funny is the typos like, um, cause <laughs> trust me, I've had many, uh, many a typos in my days right. sending out so many videos to clients. It but, happens. um, what's funny is the typos sometimes work in your favor. So for example, at my last agency, Margo Media, we didn't just do organic content on Facebook. We also did ad campaigns. And as you know, Facebook is a very powerful platform for sponsored content right. and running ads. So what we found is sometimes the best performing ad would have a typo in it. And then we'd go back and look, and we'd be like, why is this so high performing? And it would be like the typo actually like caught people's attention. And right. then we'd like, if we fixed it, the ad, the performance would go down. If we'd left the typo. And yeah. So it's super funny. Like, 
if you have something like sometimes my subtitles might have a typo here or there and someone will comment like, you know, you missed an apostrophe and it's like, okay, thanks for the comment. Thanks grammar police. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. So, but yeah, That's, there's yeah, some, yeah. there's some simple apps out there that work. I know like subtitles good. There's clips. There, I do everything manually. So people yep. are always asking me like, what app, what app? I'm like, I don't use an app, but I do know there are several options out there for quick, quick fixes for your subtitles. Yeah. And there's some great resources on LinkedIn. There's people that really are just giving you like solid advice out there. Zach yeah. Shervin's always giving good stuff out there. Sam, Sam Lister, my boy, he's, you know, putting it my out there. Too. I just he, saw him. He was here at my house yesterday. He was down, my, a, down in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He was just here. He's so sweet. I love him. He's busting his ass. I love it. I mean, I, tell you, I always say to Sam, I'm like, if I had what you had at 19. Oh my God. If I had that at 19 where I am now at 40 for Forget no, it. I know. I, I mean, literally, I literally said the same thing to him all the time. You know, I'm, how old am I? I'm like, I guess seven years older than him, but I'm like, dude, seven years ago, you don't even want to know what I was exactly. doing. I, I, was try not. Not like old, I try not to sound like the old man here on LinkedIn. So let's, let's switch things up a little bit here. Switch it up, Adam. Switch, switch it up it a little up. bit and let's talk about a, a, a hot topic here on LinkedIn. Oh boy. What is this? We're going to talk about engagement pods and uh, yes, and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give the audio. Yeah. The, there's the engagement pod alarm here. So, so we're going to talk about scarcity mindset is what we, we are. We're going to talk about this uh -huh. for a minute on, on two sides of it. So, Okay. <laughs> Generally speaking, if I'm looking at it from the classical marketing term, the textbook, I understand engagement pods of like-minded folks grouping together to talk about things that they're interested in. I have no problem with that whatsoever. It's a conception out there that people are in engagement pods are being forced, and I'm using air quotes here for anyone not watching on video, people are being forced or compelled to have to engage with content, give it a like and comment to help drive the trajectory and drive the visibility called velocity on LinkedIn. There's another little marketing term for everybody. I'll post that up there to drive the velocity of it. Very nice. I'm cool with the first part of it. I'm cool with, I've, I've had conversations. I have my own groups of people, not in an engagement pod. Are you in pods? No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. Um, I like content because I want to like it and I engage because I want to sure. like it. Yeah. Shay, engagement pods, what are your thoughts? What is your stance on them? I love them. You know, I think they're great. Um, for a creator of my size, it really doesn't make a whole heap of a difference anymore, but I've continued to build them just because of the feedback I get from the community. People like them and a lot of people, you know, uh, just don't know how to get in one. They don't know how to get started. A lot of people are brand new to the platform, so they don't have any traction on their posts. I would actually argue if you're brand new, like a pod is almost necessary. I wasn't necessarily in a pod when I started out, but I had Q and like the whole misfits on my side because they were the ones who um, originally helped me get on the platform. You know, if it wasn't for them, like going and commenting on my first couple posts right away, it could have taken months for me to like, just kind of break, break right. out, you know, there's, there's a difference between, there's a couple things here. One, your, your content is good and engaging. So I would tend to think I'm, I'm just, I tend to think that a lot of that feedback and engagement is genuine, but yeah. thank you per se, but there's a lot of content out there that is complete horseshit that has so many views and likes. Yeah. And just know like that's the evil part of, of, of the engagement right. pods. Like, yeah. I mean, you have to say like that's out there and like how much of that is in your pods? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Like I said, I personally, I want to keep it real here and like transparent. Yeah, I, I personally am not like, a, I don't police the pods. I do not like, hey, you didn't engage last week. Like, no, I don't do that. Like, hey, you give what you get. If you're going to be lazy in a pod, don't expect everyone to engage back with you. That's kind of my attitude. I'm not going to like sit here and like, like pretend like I'm the it's, police. It's but, but also, you know, like I'm totally in agreement that like if someone posts something in your pod that you're like, 
vehemently not on board with, don't engage. You know, it's not, it's not the end all be all. You can skip a post here or there. I definitely, you know, don't agree with like supporting something you don't really support. However, you know, I'm just, I'm very abundant mindset in the sense that like, no, you know, if people disagree, like I need engagement, you need engagement, help me out, you help me out. I don't really see the harm in it. I think people are just being smart and proactive. I do agree that there is some poor content out there that's maybe getting more recognition than it should, but I really don't think it's because of pods. I think people have it in their head that pods have a lot more horsepower than they actually do. They can help, but they help smaller creators. You know, the bigger you get, unless you're in like some crazy yeah. massive, like, you know, the bigger you get, the, the, the less it really affects you. So yeah, like the Oleg's and the Bridget's of the world. I mean, some of their content. I don't know what they do. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to know. I'm not, I do not have the same brand or end goals as either I, of them. So it's not anything I would. I completely, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Stuff. But like, it also has to be manageable. Like, you know, listen, I am, for me, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a firm line. Right. I've decided to not engage in, in pods. That's my prerogative. And you yeah, yeah, it's your choice. And yeah. I understand that too, for someone to like get involved, you need to like build up traction and all that. But like, how many is too many? I mean, what's, what's manageable? I don't know. I mean, it's whatever you're willing to do. Um, yeah. You know, it just depends. I think for a lot of people that are in pods, they're probably just in one or two. And maybe like that one or two has like 15 to 20 people in them, but not even every person posts daily. So it's not that too much to keep up with. Um, but yeah, like I said, I really like grouping people together that I just think would get along. Maybe mm -hmm. like they're in the same industry, like where I genuinely feel like, you know, I just think you would like this person's content. So get in this group with them. And that, and that's kind of how I built my pods in the beginning. You know, I actually built my first pods by reaching out to people who were already engaging on nearly all my posts, you know, and I just said like, it's like hey, a fan, it's a fan, it's a fan club. Yeah, like, I was like, these are also self-selecting too. Like this isn't like you went out and tried to get them. They're already engaging and you brought yeah, them under one umbrella. So exactly. it's like, and, it's and like, I connected like the groupies. Yeah. And I connected in a good way. People. Yeah. With each groupies other. Only in the best way. Cause yeah. yeah, of course, of course. But that's a big thing. A, a lot of feedback I get too about the pods is not necessarily Oh my God, Shay, you made it so that I got way more engagement. It's just that they met so many great connections. A lot of people meet really great connections in pods. I've met great connections in pods. That's cool. So I think it can be a good way to bring the community together. I think when you get kind of like, you know, intense, policey, kind of like, you didn't engage, you know, it's like, you know, get over it. Like, over if you're, it. If you're pissed about one person missing an engagement, you're just, your content sucks. Like, and, and not only that, you're missing the whole point of what we're doing here. Let me ask you a question, though. This is one, and I put this on LinkedIn yesterday, and I drove a boatload. Ooh, it was, it, was, it actually went viral. You know, I said, you know, what, what would happen if LinkedIn went away tomorrow? But I'm going to spin it on you. I'm going to spin this one on you. I like this. Yeah. Because you, I already know the answer to this because you've already proven out your model of content creation regardless of platform. I already know the answer for you. So I'm not going to ask you that. Okay. They're testing on Instagram right now. They are testing removing the like button. I know. Yeah. How would that, how, how would that affect you and your content on LinkedIn? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I would like to think it wouldn't affect it, you know? Um, Do you feel like, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell the engagement, but at this point with your... With your no, your, I, they, they, would still, they would still show me the engagement. No, no, I'm saying what if they took it all away? 
uh, that would be, that would be problematic because I, I track all my data. You know what I mean? Like that's everything to me. Like how many views what was the engagement percentage? How many leads came from this it. video? Why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't think a platform would ever completely remove the user's ability. It's more ability. the front end optics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's more that they don't want people on it. Well, Instagram is Instagram because that's like basically just like a place for girls to feel like shit about themselves. So <laughs> I'm I feel, so, I feel great on Instagram. I love, I personally, yeah, no, there's a lot of, yeah, there's it's, it's both ways. I shouldn't be gender specific. It's both ways. There's a lot of like f fabulous bros on uh, Instagram as well that only show the glamorous side of business life. So Broing. I, yeah. So I think that it has a lot to do with the um, comparing that has been happening on those platforms and feeling like, oh gosh, yep. Beyonce gets 3 million likes on a selfie and I get shit, you know? But to me, I don't like it. I don't agree with it because it, to me, is just um, disempowering the people. Like it's basically saying like, you're not able to formulate your own logical um, understanding that like, no, Beyonce is a celebrity and like, you know, more than our no. looks. Yeah. It's like, it disempowers the people. I don't ever agree with like interference, like on behalf, like there was a, oh gosh, you're going to love this one, Adam. It was an article where they were discussing creating a limit on scrolling in the newsfeed for these social media platforms. Cause they were like, social media is addictive. We need to have these platforms have a limit on how long you can scroll. I'm like, bullshit. That's disempowering the people. I can only scroll as long as exactly. I'm saying nothing. You're saying you don't have control over your ability to be addicted to social media. So I'm going to control it for you. No, fuck that. If someone has an issue scrolling on social media, that's their fucking problem. That's I'm not about it. But it is kind of fascinating to watch it play out on Instagram. I'm curious. What so what, one last question down this path here, and then we're going to yeah. bring it home here. How did Shea Robottom handle trolls? You get trolled a lot? Trolls. Yeah. Trolls. I do get trolled. Cool I mean, like trolls the, not with the cool hair, right? Yeah, right. I do get trolls. You know, like it's so minor because actually my experience with trolls was probably a lot worse when I was a local artist because it was like when I was a local artist, I'd maybe on a good piece of content get a thousand views. And, uh, you know, let's say like 30 engagements, but like 10 of those engagements would be trolls. I mean, people just shit on me. I had a Reddit page written about me saying that I was a man and I was like trans. Like I got so <laughs> much shit when I was an artist that it's actually like, even though the number of trolls has increased, the percentage of trolls has gone way down on my content now. So your, troll, your troll metrics are much better these days. Yeah, they're much better. And, you know, Gary says it too. And I always go back to Gary and people shit on him too. Gary says, once you get trolled, that means you're doing something right. Oh yeah. And it's not really, it's not really just trolls. It's like, Negative it's actually feedback. just people who stop supporting you once you get to a certain size. Like I talk about this all the time, how like starting out, I was really not that different in terms of like my beliefs, my content, my messaging. I was just smaller. You know what I mean? And then it's like something funny happens. The more you grow, the more people, even people who supported me in the beginning, suddenly like maybe like I passed their page up, which is like not, you know, the biggest deal. Quit attaching your self-worth to that but they'll just like turn off their support for me. And it's like, okay, but I like it because now that I'm growing my business and my influence, I'm able to weed out the fakes. It's like, oh, so you were never really real in the first place. Oh, so yep. you've got a broke mindset too. Oh, so you're lame. All, so it's been cool to see. Yeah, it's been cool to see the people who have remained true fans and supporters of me because like there are mostly it is mostly that and i'm really yeah. grateful for the community that i've found here You're right and you, and you and you hit the nail on the head with the word community and for me yeah. it's like building a tribe of like-minded people here 
Shay, th- these are questions that I ask everybody and I, and I love curating them. It's funny. Hit me with it. Hit like, me with it. When this airs, I think like this is, this will air. I think you were, I'm getting close to that 50 mark. I told Jordan Paris, I go, my goal when I started my podcast, I love Jordan. Uh, I'm going to send you the link that I did with Paris and Metri together. I don't know if you listen to it. Oh, and Metri. SummerSlam. It was, it was, no, yeah. it was, it was a lot of fun too, but awesome. What is the single best piece of advice that you have ever received in your life? I'll cut out the time that she's thinking here and I'm going to put the Jeopardy. uh, (laughs) Yeah. um, If you want to impact the world and you want to help others, be happy and learn how to love yourself. A lot of people have this misconception that like being selfless is like not having self-care and like putting everyone else before you and like, helping others, helping others. But if you don't have a good self-esteem, if you don't have that core self-love, you're actually going out in the world and one way or another, you're spreading that unconsciously. So it's really, uh, it's imminent that we as a society start to promote the seriousness of self-love because really all of the problems in the world can be traced back to our lack of love and respect for ourselves. That's what it is. We just, we hate ourselves. So we disrespect the earth and we put profits over like the well-being of the country. Like we, it's just a, a reflection of our mass. Uh, we're sick, you know, we're a sick society. I, I know it sounds harsh, but like only, only a sick organism attacks itself. And we've been constantly attacking ourselves for like the all of time. So this is my advice. I can't remember where I originally picked it up, but I've got like a million self-help books. So it's probably somewhere, but basically, oh no, I know what it was. It was a, it was one of, um, it was a healer I worked with. He told me that if you want to help others, if you want to make the biggest impact in the world, work on yourself, work on loving yourself, get rid of your insecurities, have a strong self core first, and then go try and influence the world. And, be and, and, with, and with that said, Shay, what, what is your superpower? What do you do that makes you fucking shine and be awesome and incredible? Oh yeah. You know, I think I'm just very, um, I'm very happy when I'm able to be myself. I'm very happy when I'm able to be myself. And even though you are no doubt going to attract enemies when you're a little more raw and unfiltered and outspoken, you're also going to be able to attract the real relationships who like you for you. So for me, that's everything. You know, I used to, when I was younger, I cared more about quantity than quality. I just wanted all everyone to like me. I just didn't rock the boat. I just didn't say anything controversial. I was just trying to get everyone to like me, but you cultivate really surfacey relationships that way. So for me, knowing that I have the support of like my core community and they love me for me, that's everything, you know, and I think that keeps me going forward and like, okay, you know, it's safe to be myself. I love it. I couldn't agree more. Thank you. And last but not least, it's my encore. It's my, it's my play free bird moment. And I ask everybody who comes on this show, Shay, okay. when, when you're having a shitty day and like things aren't going well and your latest video is just tanking or you're having relationship problems with friends or, or loved ones and things are not going well, what do you look up to? And when things are going great and you want to show gratitude and you're just happy for life in the world, Shay Robottom, what is your North Star? Um, my North star is just having faith that I came down here for a higher purpose. I do have a lot of those days. And as I said, I've been very open about my struggle with mental health and my depression. Um, so I, I've really been learning a lot about the tools and the resources that we can give ourselves in those situations. 
One of them is breath work. You know, I think that's just a very basic number one, like the, 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 the fact that we don't just teach first graders on their first day of school entering how to breathe and yep. do breathing exercises is just like, it's just asinine. Like that is the most important It's common. Yeah. If everyone on the planet took 20 minutes to breathe every day and focus on their breath, we'd live in a much different world. So always reconnect to your breath when you're feeling anger rising or you're feeling like depression or you want to get like victim-y about yourself for a minute, just breathe. Like seriously, just go find a quiet corner, put on some Indian flute meditation music and just breathe. Just focus, inhale, exhale, feel your body, be in your body. And this is something I've really had to learn because I've really been living outside of my body for so long with this level of anxiety I had. I didn't even realize like, Shay, you're never conscious of your breath. You're never in your body. No wonder you're like reactive and pissed off all the time. Come on now. So slow it down. Yeah. It sounds so basic, but it really is crazy how our society has our, our values and our priorities messed up. You know, we think it's more important to teach kids numbers and letters than to teach them how to breathe, regulate their emotions and cultivate a healthy self-esteem. Shay Robottom, everybody. That's me. Thank you for having me. This yeah. was so fun. Closing thoughts here. It's kind of my Jerry Springer moment where I turn and face the camera here. What are your closing thoughts? It's, it comes down to tenacity. And, and that tenacity, it's a word I dig at home. I drive Me it home worry. to everybody. Yes. This is why I was originally attracted to Shay. She puts in the work and works at her craft. She has a goal, a clear laser-focused mission, and she's steadfast on making shit happen. She's honest, she's straightforward, she's transparent about her intentions, and she does not hide it, and that is admirable. So she says, and I quote this, when it comes to LinkedIn, I know you want to be renowned in your industry and to have your target market reaching out to work with you. In order to do that, you need to make engaging, shareable, and high-quality video content, and you don't know how. This is her mission, to teach you to monetize that. She's created a business around it, and this is her why and what she's doing, and that's what it's all about. And I hope that our conversation today inspired you to take action, to tell your story, to put yourself out there, and just do it, and be entertaining, and be yourself. And you don't have to invest a ton of money or effort, but be sure you're telling a strong story that adds value to the audience. Build your tribe, build your community, remember to breathe. And remember, (laughs) it takes time and effort, but if you stay with it, good things will happen, and success will follow, I promise you that. Shay, where could folks find you? I know where they can find you, but where could folks find you? How can they connect with you? And I'll have these links below when we air this. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. That was a beautiful summary. It was an awesome talk. So definitely connect with me on LinkedIn or follow me rather. Um, it's linkedin.com slash in slash Shay Robottom. All of my original content gets released first there. So that's kind of like where everything goes live first. And then I am on other platforms, everything slash Shea Robottom. So Facebook slash Shea Robottom, Instagram, YouTube, et cetera. Awesome. And then if, you, if you'd like to learn more about my business and what I provide for individuals and businesses on LinkedIn, uh, be sure to check out my website, www.sheyrobottom.com. And then there's actually a form there you can fill out if you'd like to set up a call. So... That's how it works, folks. Shay, thank you. This is a long time in the making. I really, truly appreciate your time. And I think that everyone listening, if you're a fan, if you never heard of Shay, you will be after this. And to everyone listening, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Please follow us on all the channels. Links below. I'm pointing below as I normally do. Subscribe, comment, network. And most importantly, reason I'm talking with Shay today, remember to take your online offline. Establish those real relationships. Have those real conversations and watch the magic happen. Thanks, everybody, and catch you next week for another great episode of The Podcast. Wisdom is forever. 
but for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode jam-packed with more incredible humans. For more info, please visit www.nhptalentgroup.com.